honestly, I was just working my way up to death. I thought about killing myself every day. I was using all the time, and I, that's not a sustainable lifestyle. My brother shot himself because of drugs. When you are using technology to lure children for sexual purposes, there's a couple of problems that concern me. But I remember feeling kind of relieved after hurting myself. Do you have any idea how much you were worth? I like to say it this way, great people are really built in the furnace of affliction. Our teens are navigating a world of information anarchy and increased stress and pressure. Drugs are glorified more than ever before and there seems to be a suicide option that didn't exist prior. As adults, we are responsible to provide the help at-risk teens need. Have teens changed or is it just the world they live in that's different? Is this why so many teens are traumatized or triggered? My name is Aaron Huey and in 2009, I opened a home for these teens with the hopes of giving them a second chance at creating the life we all know they deserve. Now I wanna give parents the information that contributed to our success and to support them in navigating the at-risk world. These are the stories told by the teens and the techniques used by experts to help them. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. The first time my daughter ever got in trouble with the law, uh, she was 16 or 17 years old, and she got busted at uh, the airport with a concealed weapon. And I was quite proud um, because A, um, it was a self-defense keychain that I had given her to carry around, and uh, that was confirmation that she hadn't stopped carrying it around. Uh, B, she handled herself with uh, the security and the police very, very well. Um, and I was very happy with the results because um, the police officer did write her a summons. She and I went to court. She was obviously very nervous. But the police officer never turned in his paperwork. So the, the case was dismissed and Maya was, um, you know, the, every, everything was dropped. Now, I, I will say my daughter is a white female, and so I don't know if that would be the same uh, in other circumstances, but that's a conversation for another show. For this show, my daughter and I started talking a week ago about the fact that my son, who lives in the big city in Europe, can walk down the street at any time of the night wearing whatever he wants and doesn't have to think about it. My daughter lives in a small mountain town and does. Uh, she considers what she has to wear. She considers the time that she has to go out at night. And if you listen to the previous podcast um, where she and I talked about sexual harassment, then you know that she's been raised knowing how to take care of herself and protect herself. And she brought up such a great point where she said, women's self-care has to include being able to protect yourself. And men's doesn't. Now, if men choose to do that, that's one thing, but men's doesn't. And that's a big discrepancy that still exists in 2018. And as Maya and I talked about it, and I said, we should do a podcast about this, she started introducing me to some companies. And one of the companies that she, she introduced me to is called Damsel in Defense. And I put in my zip code and pulled up one of their representatives who lives close to where I am in Estes Park, Colorado. And I reached out to Cheryl Lacey and she said, yes, absolutely. And she is our guest today. And I say our because my daughter is the co-host. Because I want parents, teachers, and clinicians to have this information to know where they can get support and help for their daughters. And most importantly, I want the parents of sons to listen to this podcast. I want the moms to remember that they're raising boys who can contribute to the solution or contribute to the problem. And it starts with consent education. So we have a lot to talk about, and this is gonna be a big series, and this is my first one. Folks, I wanna welcome you to Beyond Risk and Back. My guest today is Cheryl Lacey from Damsel in Defense. Cheryl, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to our listeners. Well, thank you, Aaron, and thank you, Maya, for having me, because this is a subject that I could speak about all day long. 
So how much time do I have? Because I want to just fill you with as much information and education as possible so that your viewers, your listeners are able to walk away from this podcast feeling more secure with risks of violence reduced and more empowered to be able to make a difference in their lives as they maneuver through them. And um, like Maya said, take into consideration what they need to do when they go out into the world. We have as much time as you need. So, okay. so don't you worry. If you get on a roll, we're going to let it just go downhill and snowball. Maya, okay. how you doing, punk? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be hosting this with you and to learn more from myself. I was joking on our last show that I'm like a know-it-all when it comes to women's <laughs> self-defense because I grew up around it and both you and my mom were very good at just being very honest and open with me with, with all education surrounding this topic. And so I'm excited to learn something new and I'm excited to actually talk to the people that are behind these products that you've been shoving in my bag since I was <laughs> two years old. So I'm really excited to do this. Awesome. Maya. I love your story, first of all, because I have had a similar story. My story was I took this with me in my <laughs> carry-on bag. This is our stun gun. It's a get-a-grip stun gun. I love it. And I, too, um, had the police come and check my bag and talk to me because I had a weapon in it, and I was trying to get on a plane with it. I forgot it was in there. I always have it with me. Now, my story ended very happily with the police officer at the Denver International Airport asking me for my business card because he wanted to purchase one for his wife. Oh, that's fantastic. So <laughs> that was a great ending to my story. Uh, he was so impressed with this product, especially because it has a disable pin, so it can't be used against you, that he said, look, I'm not throwing this product in the trash. I'm gonna put this product in this drawer over here. When you come back home, just grab someone from TSA, tell them that the product, your stun gun is in the drawer. Give them your name, your identification. You could take it home with you. Wow. So That's I awesome. thought that was awesome. That is awesome. So let's, as let's, let's build on your story a little bit, Cheryl. Uh, you're, this is a, this is a party based business. Did I say that right? you you people throw parties. They invite you as a representative to come and talk about the products and people get to, I don't want to say try them out on each other because you just showed me a stun gun, but uh, how does this work? But more importantly, how did you get into this? Why did you get into this? What happened? What happened in your life that brought you to this line of work? I've read your bio. Why are you doing this? Okay. Those are two excellent questions and I'm so happy to answer them because I love to share my why. So I'll start with my why. My mother was a victim of rape when she was a little girl by her stepfather. Um, how little? Four years old. Four years old. It continued, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna try really hard to hold this together. It continued until she was 12 years old. Um, Aaron, Maya, how did a parent not know? How did her mother not know? How did her grandmother not know? How did a teacher not know? How did a doctor not know? How did a neighbor not know? I can't answer those questions, but I can educate the masses so that people are aware and people do know. Because when I think about my mom, who is one of the most wonderful people, if not the most wonderful people, person in the whole wide world, full of compassion, full of love, full of forgiveness, and to think that if someone had known that her life could have been so much different, so much different. So um, as much as I am angry with her stepfather who did that to her, I'm angry with the people who also were supposed to look out for her and care for her and nurture her and protect her. So that drives me to get out and make sure that people are educated so that they can take care of themselves, but also they can take care of innocent children all around them. Uh, I found out about Damsel in Defense when a good friend of mine who lives in Delaware became a Damsel in Defense representative. We call them Damsel Pros. And she's been a friend of mine for 23 years. And she posted on social media that she had just found this company that she loved 
called Damsel in Defense. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. But honestly, I never clicked the link to find out what it was about because it wasn't on my radar at that time. I was doing something else. And then she called me a few, few weeks later and she told me that she had been a victim of domestic violence for the 23 years that I knew her. I never knew this. She was such a good friend of mine that her children called me Aunt Cheryl, and I never knew her secret. So she had a stun gun with her one night when her husband started to strangle her. And she let her stun gun loose on him. She stunned him, he fell down the steps. He put his elbow through the drywall and she called the police. And while he was laying there, and I hesitate to not laugh, while he was laying there, she went down and she stunned him again, just for good measure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody's gonna her and I think that's gonna have more laughs. So the police came, they arrested him, they took him away in handcuffs. Now, the only thing I could think of was she has four children. And how are those children going to be supported? So I thought, I know. What's this thing she's selling that was so effective that was able to save her life and put an end to the 23 years of abuse that she had suffered? Damsel in Defense stun gun. And so I signed up that day. And when I learned of the mission behind Damsel in Defense, and it just clicked with me. It was what my soul was looking for to be able to protect people like my mom, people like my friend from the abuse that happens because the statistics are pretty horrible. Well, and I wanted to point out too, one of the statistics right on your homepage of the website, you have the one in five statistic, which is something that we talked about on the podcast before this dad, that, that the one in five women that will experience sexual assault or be victims of rape. And it's also been called the campus statistic where it kind of shifts back and forth between being one in four or one in five, but it's still too many. It's still too many women that are experiencing this. Um, and I love that you put that right in the forefront and that you're changing that, that your whole website and the whole idea that I got from going to your website was that you're changing the conversation. You're putting this out in the open and you're using this to empower women. Um, so I wanted to actually ask about some of your products because when we were speaking um, on our last podcast, we were talking about tasers, we were talking about sun guns, and a lot of your products are ones, you know, you even have purses that are meant to carry these products, and they're super cute, really fashionable <laughs> ones. I mean, women of any age, like teenagers to older women would want to carry these, um, and that they're keeping them safe. Um, and I noticed um, that you said that the sun gun actually has a, a safety pin that you can pull out so it can't be used against you. So I thought that I want to hear more about that and how that kind of translates into some of your other products because growing up learning self-defense from my dad and from my mom, I've actually been told maces is, is useless unless you have it out and you have it pointed and you have it ready. Sun guns are useless unless you have it out and you have it pointed and you have it ready because you have to be quick enough and someone can just use it against you. So how are you, you know, how have you obviously taken that and mm -hmm. used that differently throughout your products? Maya, can I paint a picture for you? Please do. I'm a visual learner. Okay. <laughs> so Damsel in Defense, um, Damsel in Defense started seven years ago by two women. And these two women were both victims of sexual assault. And the statistics that you talk about are absolutely horrible. The one in four women will be a victim of violence. One in five will be a survivor of rape. One in three will be a victim of domestic violence. College-aged women, college-aged women are four times more likely to be assaulted. A violent crime happens every 26 seconds. A child is abducted every 40 seconds in the United States. Those are horrible, horrible statistics. Not even getting into the horrific business, and I will call this a business of sex trafficking, human trafficking, where the average age is 12-year-old little girls and little boys, and then their average lifespan after they have been trafficked is seven years. It is, there are no words. It's no mind-boggling, and, and, and I will say, and you, you know, we're both in Colorado, and I've done I've worked with um, the, the uh, uh, 
Jefferson County Sheriff's Department. Uh, I've interviewed uh, a woman from the Colorado Department of, of Safety, and I am currently working on a podcast with the Colorado Springs Police Department and a detective there who works in the human trafficking unit. Human trafficking in Colorado is horrendous. It is. It is absolutely horrendous. And one of the reasons for that is we have two major roads. We have 25, we have 70, and we have a major international airport. My dream is to be able to get in front of flight attendants and teach them how to look out for these situations because it's very easy to spot. And just for your viewers and your listeners, you can be a part of this solution. If you travel and you're in an airport, look for things that just don't match up. If there is a child with a man or a woman and they just look like they don't belong together, the child is not interacting, the child is not making eye contact, they're dressed very shabbily or they're dressed over-sexualized, you'll know in your gut if something doesn't go together make sure you tell someone because you can stop a crime from happening and save a child's life just by having awareness. So Damsel in Defense is very, very big into education as well as products. So the things that we teach are life skills. We teach situational awareness. We teach the importance of having situational awareness because you're able to detect a threat seconds before it happens through situational awareness. That is very, very important. Also, situational awareness allows you to see everything that's going on around you and determine, is this normal or is this baseline? And it's a skill. It's a skill. So we encourage people to learn the skill. And I tend to geek out on this stuff because it is my passion. It's so important to me. And I found that there's something in the brain called the reticular activating system. So everything that goes through the eyes, into the eyes, passes through the reticular activating system. And that's like a giant filter. And the reticular activating system controls sleeping, waking, and paying attention. Amazing, right? So if you set something as a goal, and you've probably done this before, I'm sure you've all goal set goals. But if you set something as a goal, then your mind is going to subconsciously monitor your surroundings and send a signal to your gut when it notices something that's in line with that goal. So my husband just bought a red Jeep, loves this Jeep. He never saw so many Jeeps on the road since he's purchased the Jeep. Why is that? Because his goal was to get a red Jeep. So every time he's riding down the road, you know, he's doing the, the Jeep wave. He's like, there's so many Jeeps on the road. He's like, there's no more Jeeps on the road than when you, you know, before you purchase this Jeep. It's just that your mind is subconsciously and consciously looking for Jeeps because you love to do that little Jeep wave. So if we tell our mind that it is our goal to be situationally aware and protected and reduce our risk of becoming a victim of violence, then our mind is going to consciously and subconsciously monitor our surroundings through the reticular activating system and send that message to our gut. Where does Damsel and Defense get the information that they pass on to their Damsel Pros and clients? Where do they do their research? Are these are the are the the two founders? Are they uh, security experts themselves, or did they align themselves with you know the FBI? Where where is where is the knowledge, the information coming from? Okay, that's a good question. So there were two original founders. Now there is one. So Mindy Lynn is the founder who is running this amazing company to keep women and children and professionals safe. So all of our information comes from government sites like FBI.org. It comes from extensive training, some from self-defense, self-awareness training that they have had. Um, it also comes from RAIN, which is a organization that we support. RAIN is the Rape Abuse Incest National Network. We support Wipe Every Tear. That is a charity that does everything they can to stop human trafficking and sex trafficking. We support um, the Women's and Children's Alliance. We support uh, two of our damsel houses that we have. We have one house in Cambodia 
and we have one house that we just opened up in India. So we fund money there to give people who have been sex trafficked something else to do, uh, an opportunity to live a normal life for them and their children. We also support a charity called Project Stitch that helps to subsidize counseling for children or adults who were sexually abused as children and can't afford that counseling. And then once a month, we give to a charity that is aligned with our mission. So very, very charitable, lots of research. We're not just throwing statistics out there. Everything that we've learned has been through extensive training and education. Uh, the Damsel in Defense is a powerful self-protection company, but it's also a powerful education and empowerment company. So with that type of information, we want to make sure that our clients, our customers, aren't just putting, as you said, Maya, a protection product in their purse somewhere and not having access to it, but they're understanding what it is, the benefits, the features, how to use it, developing muscle memory, and putting it in a place where they are empowered to use it. Talk, talk me through a party. So, so Maya has you over. She invites a bunch of the, the girls from the college. Um, are, I guess my first question, are boys allowed? And then once, once that happens, uh, once you have the party, how does the party go? What happens? The party, the original plan to market Damsel in Defense through direct sales was the party plan, the home party plan. Now, that's evolving and changing. Back when Tupperware and Mary Kay were doing the big parties, that was the thing. But what we found is we can go so much further than just the home party plan. Now, we do have home parties, and they're fantastic, and women get together. They're called Empower Hours, and at the Empower Hour, we talk about the benefits. We talk about the the risks, how to reduce risk. We talk about statistics. We talk about how to make yourself a hard target. And um, they're fun. They're absolutely fun. This is a heavy, heavy subject, so we like to have fun with it. And um, people who come to the parties are able to actually feel the product, use the product, test the product, not on each other, as you said. <laughs> but they're, you know, they get to learn that they have options with the first option becoming awareness. So you first got to know that you're at risk and pay attention and get your head out of the sand before something can happen. Uh, since that time, we have expanded. So now we have what's called the Warrior Workshop. The Warrior Workshop is like the home party. Oftentimes they're done in gyms and they're more interactive where we get the women up and actually fighting against a bob, a body opponent bag. And it's more hands-on and it's upbeat and there's music, like strong warrior music. And we're yelling, no, 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 and things like that. So that's a step up from that. This year, we started something called Damsel Your Way. And we're actually reaching out to all the niche markets. So one of the big ways that I promote and market Damsel in Defense is through the real estate market. Because realtors, both men and women, are very much at risk. I am certified to be able to give two continuing education credits to any real estate agent who takes my class. And my class is called SOLD. It stands for Situational Awareness, OODA Loop Training, Leveling the Playing Field, and Deciding to Win. And it's a 90-minute class, and it's a free class. And the continuing education credits are free as well. And they ask me all the time, why would you do a free class? Why are we not paying you for this education? And my answer is because I would rather you take that money and purchase a self-defense, self-protection product than pay me for education. That's why I do it for free. Because I can give all the education and feel so good about it. I want you to use the money to have something at your disposal that will protect your life after I've educated you on the importance of having that warrior mindset. Now, um, in addition to the niche markets, which would include the real estate, professionals, senior citizens, college students, people who work in the public, like bartenders, the medical field, on and on and on. Um, we uh, have social media parties. So 
any, any, my saying is whoever can fog a mirror needs our product. So we're going to get out and we're going to find a, a way to reach all of them. So that's how we distribute the product. I have a question about um, kind of your opinion on this concept that we talked about again in our last podcast about women in this, in this whole culture of women having to do the self-defense that women are the ones compensating and you do all of these awesome classes and you have all these awesome products and, and you're talking about all these different niche markets. And this is something I've become really aware of recently. Um, well, I've always been aware of it, but just more, you know, like you were talking about when you think about things, you start noticing them more and more and, and how unaware a lot of the men, even in my life are of the things that I have to think about when I leave my house. Um, and recently I was sitting with a close friend of mine and my boyfriend and my boyfriend's cousin and the other girl was cousin's uh, boyfriend and we this the conversation started of you know parking garages and I think it was you know my boyfriend's cousin was like I don't understand why you know what's it's a parking garage like it's a parking lot people walk to their cars and Emily and I were like no we walk with one headphone out we have our keys in our hand we walk far away from the cars because well why do you walk far well because what if someone's under there with a knife and these are and they were mind blown that we think if we walk down the street you know, alone, we always had one headphone out. That's a safety thing. You know, I always have one headphone out if I'm even listening to music. And when I get to my car, they're both out. My keys are already in my hand if the car isn't already unlocked. And, and it was like brand new information to them. And it's just become so apparent that in this culture, women are having to go out of the way that it's awesome that there's all these resources, but we're the ones taking the classes. We're the ones buying and carrying these self-defense weapons what are, and, and men are just, cause boys will be boys. So we compensate. And what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, spot on, spot on. It's just the world in which we live. I'm trying to level the playing field. I'm trying to give women the education for them to realize the one in four, the one in five, the one in three, and then take responsibility for that. If I could change the world, I would do it so that we don't live in a rape culture. Yeah. I, I never had sons. I had three daughters. So like your dad, I raised my daughter. So my daughters are very situationally aware. I have grandchildren who are very situational, situationally aware. If we go into a restaurant, when we leave, they know the questions are going to come. Did we have a waiter or a waitress? If we had a waiter, did the waiter have facial hair? <laughs> what color shirt did the waiter have? Did anyone sit behind us in the restaurant? So they know to always be up and looking around. So it has to start with education. And um, sadly, yes, I have to talk to them about difficult things. We have a product line called Safe Hearts, Sharing okay. Awareness for Family Empowerment. And Safe Hearts helps parents have what we call our kid-versations to talk about difficult things. Because normally we're gonna certainly tell our children that strangers are bad and you don't talk to strangers, but only one in five abductors are strangers or you know, people who are gonna hurt your child are strangers. 95% of the time, the abuse comes from someone they know and trust. That's a really tricky conversation to have with your children because you don't want them to grow up fearing. So this product line that we have, Safe Hearts, through books, through games, through uh, role play teaches children that they can have situational awareness. They can listen to that gut feeling that they get when something's not quite right. And then they tell a safe person. So, I love this product. I was looking at this right before our interview today and I didn't know that you had this. And when I saw the family education, this is what this, these podcast series is about is how do we have these conversations with our kids? How do you start this? And, and like you're talking about, at such a young age that 95% yes. of kids who are abused and assaulted, it's from somebody they know. And, and so, and it is, a, it's a hard conversation to have. And it's, a lot of parents just don't know how to start it. And I love looking at some of these books and reading the brief descriptions of the situations. You have a book that's called Madison's Big Brother. Yes. And, you know, Madison finds herself in a situation where she's uncomfortable with a boy who tries to kiss her or something like, and it's just exactly. really organic. They're things that happen all the time. Yes. And what I love about it too, is that every book kind of ends with this, what the kid tried to do and, and the kid figures it out. They're independent and they, they take it into their control because they listen to their gut. They know it's wrong. They do something about it. They talk to an adult, they talk to a trusted person. And 
I think, you know, when we're talking about starting with education in schools, I think I lucked out because my, I, my sex education and consent education started when I was in fourth grade at my private, pu my private school did an amazing job. That's and when great. I got into private public school, it was horrible. It was nuts. Like just the most ass backwards sex education, <laughs> right? you know, and I was lucky enough to also grow up with parents who were very on both my dad and my mom and my stepmom, all very open and honest with me about every question I asked was answered openly and honestly. And it was a conversation every time. And I love that for parents that might have more, you know, boundaries around what they talk about or are nervous to have these conversations yes. that this book starts that conversation for them and it's organic and it gets the kids engaged and wanting to the kids almost like the kids start the conversation and I love that so I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was going to ask about that book series and I think it's so parents know that that's a resource for their younger kids that absolutely um, they're animated and they're really fun to look at and it's all about community and friendship and having people that you trust around you and trusting your gut I think it's so important to teach kids that at a young age I love that you guys incorporate oh yeah that. Maya what you're saying hundred percent. And at the end, the children can actually become heart defenders. The heart defenders are the superheroes who, who come in and like they pause time and they work through what's happening with the child that's going through what's about to happen. And they help them make good decisions and they help them see the risks and they help them have alternatives. And at the end, you know, time, is unfrozen and then the child is able to make a good decision and the child becomes a heart defender. So the child learns how to help other children how to defend their hearts and then in turn become heart defenders. So my little granddaughter was at school one day and there was an older child bullying one of her friends. And she was watching this happen and the older child was a couple grades older and my grandchild was in pre-K, so that's pretty young. And she walked up to the older child and she pointed her finger and she said, you stop bullying my friend. And the older child kind of, you know, took a back and looked at her and she said, if you don't stop, I'm gonna tell a safe person. And so she was that's able awesome. to assert her heart defender you know, I'm going to protect not only myself, but I'm going to protect my friends. And that child actually backed down. So she was so excited about it because the teacher called my daughter and the teacher was, you know, replaying all this for my daughter and we celebrated. And yeah, it's good for the children. It's also good for their friends. It's good for the community. So it teaches. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to interrupt you. I want to use that, what you just said that she said, I want to tell a safe person. And that's what your books talk about too, is telling a safe person because um, at the beginning of this podcast, you were talking about the situation that happened with your mother and why didn't teachers know? Why didn't adults know? And that there is some truth to, it's not just about telling an adult. It's about telling a safe adult. Yes. And there are so many situations in, especially in school, school situations come up for me because that's what I've experienced, you know, with this, the harassment that I experienced in middle school where, you know, I, and I talked about in the last podcast where a boy harassed me and I pushed him away. And then when I told somebody the, the response was, oh, he does that to all the girls. That's just what he does. And that's how it was handled by the school and by the other girls. And so I love that it's changing that conversation for kids about knowing who are safe adults and who are just adults, you know, who's going to do something about it. That's and that right. they walk through their day knowing if anything happened, they have the list of people that they know would be there for them. So I want to ask too, how, um, with this education that you do, how are you educating um, like those adults, how are you, how are you making safe adults for these kids? That's, that's a good question. And I want to speak to one thing that you said that it's just, you know, like, wow, did we really create a society that thinks this way? Remember you said boys will be boys. That's like yeah. what we're told boys will right. be boys. And the other thing that we're told is, you know, oh, Johnny pulled my hair. Well, he must like you right? <laughs> because yeah. boys tease girls that they like. Yep. For real, is that what we're teaching our daughters? That if a boy hurts you, it means they like you? Yeah. Bizarre, right? right. Bizarre. We had a situation. We had a situation when Maya was in kindergarten. And her mother and I uh, dealt with this pretty rapidly. But Maya came home with a bite mark. And this is, this is biting age. You know, uh, kindergarten, preschool. Actually, I think this was in preschool. She came home preschool. with a bite mark. And uh, I, I saw it and I said, what happened? And this boy bit me. And I said, but next time he comes near you, shove him away. 
And uh, she's like, okay. And uh, then next thing you know, uh, Maya's mom gets a phone call that says, but Maya's pushing this boy. <laughs> and I said, well, uh, so Maya's mom and I got together and we, we went to the school and said, well, the boy's biting. And uh, I told her that I told her to push the boy away if, if she bites. She said, well, she pushed him down and, um, you know, we're, we don't want her to use violence to solve problems. I said, the boy's biting her. Yes. And her, their response was, well, we're working on it. And my response was, well, don't worry about working on it with Maya because she'll be going to a different school starting tomorrow. And she, we were done. It was, that's right. but there's something that's coming up as I'm listening to this and I feel empowered. I know my daughter uh, is empowered and can make things happen. I hear how you talk and the, and the security, sincerity and uh, situational awareness that you possess. And we all know that we're dealing with women who have been traumatized. Yes. Now they've got kids of their own and yes. trauma is a, is a legacy event. It gets passed yes. down and get passed down until someone faces that dragon. And that is a painful, painful experience. It's uncomfortable. It's life changing. Uh, the life, you know, ends. So we are asking people potentially who've been very, very wounded to step into a place of empowerment yes. and say, not to my kids, never again with me. Yes. That's enough. No more. I'm done. Now, how do we start to talk to the parents who haven't had these conversations? I found such an ease my whole life talking to, to my daughter about mm -hmm. here's how you do this and right. here's what to look for. And the first time she got sent a dick pic on Facebook or uh, uh, um, Skype, when she got her Skype yep. account, she yep. brought it to me. Yes. And I said, now you're going to go back and you're going to type him and say, thank you for the pic. I gave it to my dad who's <laughs> on the police force for, for investigations of children and internet pedophiles. And the guy freaked out. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I thought you were someone else and logged off and, and clicked. But look, you and I are coming at this from an empowered place. And, mm -hmm. and the, the, the amount of courage, the time your friend, your, your niece's mother must have had to have think of how she was going to get that taser in her hand and launch this bastard down the steps. Yes. And how, what she had to go through internally. How do we take a parent who hasn't had these conversations with their children because the parent themselves is still dealing with the violation and say, okay. Here's what you're going to do today. A good question. I have an answer. <laughs> so we start with a book. It's called The Proactive Parent Guide. And this parent guide goes through situations that you're talking about. They go through safe people. They go through education. They go through how to talk to your child. They go through resources. They go through scenarios. They go through everything. Goodness gracious, it's $5. $5. I give them away because anyone who is going to have any interaction with my grandchildren at all is going to have this book first. So this is a book that daycare um, workers should read. This is a book that foster care um, people should read. This is a book that aunts, uncles, grandparents, parents, babysitters, everyone should have to read this book and almost be vetted. Like, do you get this? Is your home a safe hearts home? My home's a safe hearts home. So my children are trained in safe hearts. So you better be if you're gonna have any interaction with them. Are you a safe person? We need to take responsibility because they cannot defend themselves as children unless we equip and we empower them to be able to defend themselves and then create an environment where they're safe and they know there is a safe person. I had those conversations with my mom. Mom, did you not feel like there was anyone that you could talk to? And she said, well, because of the lies of the perpetrator, I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone in my family, not my mom, not my grandmother, not my aunt, not anyone, certainly not a neighbor because the neighbors, this is, the neighbors kind of knew what was happening and they would look at her like you bad child victim shaming dirty child she was always victim shamed she was the girl who had the tear-stained face and um 
I said, no teacher, no doctor. A doctor was a friend of the families and they didn't do the same type of examinations that they do today. And she said, there was a teacher. There was a teacher and this teacher seemed to take a special interest in me, but it didn't go beyond that. The teacher didn't ask questions. Through the proactive parent guide, there's questions that we ask our children. There's ways that we talk to our children so they don't feel embarrassed, so they don't feel shamed, so they don't feel insecure, so they don't feel like they're doing something horrible if they tell. So yes, as a, as a first step, parents need to be able to understand what is happening, the risks that their children are at, and get the education that is important for them to be able to protect their children and empower their children to be protected. Well, and what I love about this product too is that, well, and your whole mission statement really behind this this company is that by doing this, you're empowering parents. Because I think, you know, like I said, I, I keep using the word luck and I could get that to tell later, but I was lucky to grow up, up with parents and then later a stepmom as well, like that were just so open and they demonstrated this, you know, I wasn't only talked to about this, you know, and I learned the self-defense a lot from my dad, my mom too. But when it came to how to navigate myself around harassment and around men, I watched my mom because right. I saw how she navigated. I watched my, I mean, I've watched my mom get catcalled my whole life. I watched my mom have those comments thrown at her. Now that I'm older, it gets thrown at both of us when we walk around together. And I learned, you know, we, we talked about in the last podcast, how I've never been comfortable. I'm not really sure why there's this, well, it's, oh, it's harmless. And that's just what men do. So just like ignore it. Like, no, don't ignore it. It's not okay. That's not how we're meant to be talked to. And I learned that from my mother because that's how she, she walked around like an empowered woman. And I know if anybody stepped up to her with or without me there, she would knock them down. (laughs) I mean, and I, you know, and I learned, I learned how to carry myself from her. And so, and I love that this product is, is teaching, you know, you have to have these conversations with your kids, but also whether you're a single parent or not, how do you handle yourself in these situations? What is this going to change about your life as a mother or as a father or single or, or in a relationship? You know, how, how do you demonstrate to your son or daughter that interaction? Because that's who kids are looking to, you know, that they're looking to their parents to show them how that works. And, you know, like the, the, the description you brought up of, oh, if he pulls your hair, he likes, if he throws a rock at your head, he thinks you're cute. No, he doesn't. (laughs) And and, and when it's, when it's teachers telling us this, when it's our parents telling us this, when, when I know there's parents telling their daughters, oh, boys will be boys. How damaging that is to a young girl and how misleading that is to a young boy to, to send them out in the world with, well, girls, you tolerate it, and boys, you just do it. Whatever, you know. Boys like perpetrate. Girls tolerate it, and boys perpetrate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Boys are taught. Absolutely. And then, you know, Safe Hearts is all about protecting your heart so that someone doesn't take a piece of your heart. And there are different hearts. There's the wounded heart. There's the broken heart. There's the repaired heart. And sure, we can do everything that we can on the other side of this to help put people back together. But how much greater would it be if we didn't have to do that work? As far as uh, Damsel in Defense, we just came back from our national conference, which was amazing. I'm gonna get goosebumps thinking about it. Elizabeth Smart, Smart, Elizabeth Smart was one of our speakers. So this was fantastic to be able to hear from her, someone who has been able to take what was intended for evil and turn it into good. And that is something that Damsel does all the time. You know, man meant it for evil, God used it for good. And um, the high, high, high percentage of Damsel and Defense representatives have come from abusive situations. So we all have this common story. It just draws us, the mission draws us to be able to make a change in what has happened to us or someone that we love very dearly and stop that and be part of the solution from that happening again. So at the end of one of the nights at conference, have you seen The Greatest Showman? You seen that movie? Gotta see that movie, great movie. Plugging that movie all the way. (laughs) But there's a a story or there's a song called This Is Me. And it's all about being empowered. And women came out to the song, they like came out almost like in a procession 
and they held up signs that said what had happened to them. Mm -hmm. And some of the signs said things like raped at 12 and forced to have an abortion. Other signs said things like he held a gun to my head and I begged him to stop. Woman after woman after victim after victim with these signs as this music is playing. And um, Elizabeth Smart came out with her sign. The founder of Damsel in Defense came out with her sign. And then they flipped the signs and they said, we are warriors. I'm getting goosebumps. I have to send oh, you yeah, that video. Yeah. <laughs> and we just, you know, we make these proclamations like, yes, this was, but never again, never again. No, not me. I'm taking control. And more than that, I am protecting people who are around me and the next generation because this rape mentality, this rape culture, this boys will be boys, this women, well, what were you wearing? Did you really say no? Are you sure it wasn't consensual? Did he understand? It has got to end. And it's going to end with women standing up and putting their foot down and saying enough is enough. And that is not to say that any woman who has been a victim of sexual violence or sexual, sexual abuse was weak. That is not mm -hmm. to say that at all. My mom was not weak. My mom is one of the strongest women that I know who is a damsel in defense pro, who will talk and talk and talk about her situation because it's gonna benefit someone else, even though it's really painful for her to talk about that. So it's, it's not like if we were that we're weak, but we're given an opportunity to be strong and to be strong for our daughters and to be strong for all of the little girls and little boys because little boys are very much at risk as well. One out of every four little girls, one out of every six little boys, and the government statistics think that that's underreported because boys don't tell as often, will be a victim of sexual assault before they're 17 years old. That is crazy. That has to stop. So people need to stand up and say, as you two are doing, I'm going to be a part of the solution by raising the awareness and getting people on board to stop this because it must stop. All right, yeah. so where do we go from here? So, so now we've got families who've listened to this podcast and they, they want the change. Now, some, you've, I've, I've written down, you know, uh, uh, so many things that you guys are involved with. Uh, 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 rain, wipe away tears, safe hearts, damsel houses, sold. Um, the, the, the house parties. So there's a, there's a lot for someone to get their, their head around as far as, okay. And, and then the books, you know, you, you said there's a $5 book that could get it started. What is it, what is it that, that uh, a parent does? And, and I'm assuming a dad could call you guys and say, I have a daughter, I need some help. Like, yeah, so, so what does a parent do first? They listen to this podcast, they go, yeah, that's it. My, my daughter, you know, she's 14. It's happened to her already. She's been through treatment. She's struggling. She's cutting herself. We all know what happened. And we gotta, I got to get involved in something. I got to get her involved in something. Where does it start? Well, it starts right there with what you're saying. It starts with that decision to make a difference and to protect. And... Um, we say that Damsel in Defense is a place of purpose for those who are passionate about the prevention and protection of people and their hearts. So Damsel in, Def Damsel in Defense is a landing place. It is definitely a place where you can start because you're going to get the education. You're going to get the commitment. You're going to get the products. We talked about the stun gun. We also have pepper spray. You you talked about carrying pepper spray. We also have stri striking tools that are called coubatons. We call them socketomies. We have the concealed carry purses that fit firearms as well as our product. We have the RFID wallets. We have something that's coming up called Shield. Please invite me back in January because I am going to blow your mind with a product that we are going to be releasing called Shield that is going to be a game changer for women and children. So please invite me back. Um, I wish I could say more about it right now, but I can't. So um, have me back for that. Um, 
we have the classes. We have the classes that are the calm, you know, empower hours. We call it sometimes women, wine and weapons classes. We have the warrior workshops. We have the classes for the niche markets. I go to different uh, karate studios or scouts. Let me come in, let me talk to your children. And you would think that children who are in a karate studio, that they would be pretty strong. And for the most part they are, but just going through basic things with some of these kids, they break down and you can tell something has happened because you can read it very well. They start to get that far away look in their eye and then things start churning in them and they break down. And um, I teach them things like situational awareness for kids, how to identify tricky people. And then I actually teach them some self-defense moves like stomp the bug and beat the drum. And, and I have go chihuahua crazy and, and all kinds of fun things that they'll remember, but just how they can fight back. Because the thing that you have to understand, attackers are bullies and they're predators and they're opportunistic. And I always give the example of the lioness who's watching all the gazelles and the gazelles are all frolicking. Which gazelle does the lioness go after? The weak, the baby. All of that, all that because they're predators and attackers are typically predators as well. And they go after the one who is the soft target, the easy target, the vulnerable one. Probably not your mom, Maya because she's walking strong. She's got that look on her face that says, not me, not Cheryl, me. As a, as a martial arts instructor, I wanna add something to that. Um, these are also people who have been raised with violence. Predators are people who grew up with violence. Yes. They were violently and a lot of times sexually violence, ha had sexual violence perpetrated on them. Mm -hmm. The uh, statistic that I saw that horrified me in the 90s uh, the late 90s, was that the average amount of uh, uh, sexual uh, crimes at any level that someone who finally gets arrested for it, 400 as an average, that they have committed upwards of 400 crimes by the time they get arrested for it. What that means to me is that they've also had practice. Yes. And so when we're dealing with a perpetrator, what women, what children need to know is punching them in the stomach, hitting them in the arm. That will never matter. That will never account. I've been studying and teaching martial arts for 40 years. I can take a face punch. You can punch me in the face and you can punch me hard and I can keep fighting. Yes. If you poke me in the eye, uh, that's a different story. Yes. If you punch yes. me in the throat, that's a different yes. story. If you kick me in the testicles, if you kick out my knee, yes. the fight's over. And mm -hmm. If you can think about getting a piece of sand in your eye, yes. how painful that moment is. Now imagine that sand is the size of your thumbnail and you that's have right. dug in. And when my head goes back and my hands go to your hand that's digging in my eye, I've exposed my throat. And when you strike that throat, the throat is as strong as a cardboard tube. And my head will jerk forward and I will start to gag. And I will clutch my own throat, which is a perfect opportunity for you to kick me in the nuts. <laughs> These are the types of things that we have to understand. And that's the part that comes from the muscle, uh, uh, the muscle memory. Uh, the muscle memory. The move over and over and over until you don't have to think about it. Someone grabs and you go for the eyes. Because if they can't see you, they can't get you. If they can't yes. breathe, they can't get you. If they can't move... They can't get you sight, breath, and movement. So I want to I want to put that piece in because when I say sight, breath, and movement, I know my daughter is going. Oh God, I've heard that since. <laughs> it's always been sight, breath, and movement. It's been limit control removed. It's been eyes, throat, groins, and knees. Yes, I want to build. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I was going to say I'm. I'm just going to touch on what you were talking about as far as muscle memory goes. We definitely teach that muscle memory. And I want to just give a shout out to the fire department, because if you say to any child, what would you do if you caught on fire? They're going to say, stop, drop and roll, because the fire department has done an excellent job of creating muscle memory in yeah. us yeah. from the time we were little. 
Now we need to do an excellent job of creating muscle memory in children so that if they are attacked, they have a plan. We go through that plan in what's called an OODA loop, and I'm sure you know OODA loop. So we, we definitely teach a plan, but go ahead, Maya. Well, I just wanted to build off of that statistic you were talking about, Dad, that came out um, of the amount of crimes that are committed by perpetrators before they actually get caught. And the most recent statistic that is similar to that is that 99% of perpetrators of sexual violence will walk free. Yes. And that cannot be our reality anymore. No. That cannot be something that we're okay with. And the thing that I keep coming back to and that I'm just, it, it just keeps circling back around is that this, it's time to start talking about this stuff. We have to be talking about rape. We have to be talking about sexual violence. We have to be talking about sex education and what consent means and how to protect yourself for both boys and girls. Because if we don't start talking about this, and this is for parents who maybe are questioning having these conversations and oh, they're children and we don't need to tell them this world is a scary place and protect their innocence too late they have a phone in their hand they have a tv in the living room they have children at school who are violent or are bullies there is no such thing anymore and it doesn't mean that the world is a terrible awful place and you know give your kids a bunch of armor and hope for the best but we have to have this honest conversation and i really want to to tell this to the parents listening that you know, there's all this talk of me growing up in this situation where I, oh, I've always known, you know, I've always known my surroundings and I've always been confident. And that doesn't mean I don't get scared, but I know how to protect myself because my parents talked to me about yes. it. When yes. I asked questions, they were answered. When I asked for help, I was supported. When I, my, all of my friends, I know would protect me. I would protect them. I don't hang out with people that just sit and wait for things to happen. Yeah. You know, I don't think I have a single friend who doesn't walk to their car with their keys in their hand, ready to punch someone's eyes out. And it doesn't just happen. You have to be talking to your kids about this at a young age because that's when it happens. And protecting your kids from these conversations can turn into them being ignorant in a dangerous situation. And when they're little, that's on you as a parent. You have to tell your kids and it doesn't matter your religious background, your upbringing, it doesn't matter if you were talked about it, this right. is where you can change it. And it's not ever too late. It doesn't matter if it's already happened to your kids. And you know, it doesn't matter if your kid is 20 and it's happened, have that conversation, make that connection with your kids so that they know you're a safe person. And I think that's, that's just something to remember for parents. Like it doesn't, it's not too late to start. It doesn't matter if your kids are adults, have right. this conversation and, and build that relationship as being a safe place because, you know, a lot, most cases of people that have survived, um, sexual assault and who are people who have survived rape situations have post-traumatic stress disorder yes. and have PTSD and they need people to talk to because if they are not comfortable coming out to a therapist, they need a close family, they need a safe person. So, you know, these books about finding a safe person, how to deal with these situations, there's adults who don't know how to, who, who don't have safe people, you right. know? There's people right. in their 60s who don't have a safe person and this conversation has to be out there now. You know, we just need to be telling kids about it because 99% of people who are sexually abusing can't just be walking around and can't just be getting away with it. And I love that story that you told about your granddaughter because she's someone who's going to say something. Her mm -hmm. perpetrator wouldn't get away. That's right. And I, and, and that needs to be the norm you know, yes. for all kids in school. Uh -huh. And she's sweet and she's kind and she's fun and she's not a bully and she's not afraid. My yeah. grandchildren don't walk around in fear. They're waiting for me when we're walking down the street to say, okay, look at that license plate, close your eyes. What was the number? <laughs> it's a game to them. They yeah. love being situationally aware. What is the one thing that teachers are always telling students in school? Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. It's a good thing to pay attention. It's a good life skill to have. So my grandchildren, they pay attention. And that is not, the sky is falling. They feel strong. They feel confident. They feel empowered. They're not afraid. They're not full of fear. They're full of confidence. And that is a big difference. And, and um, Aaron, I can't say it enough. Way to go. Um, Maya, Thank you. you are so strong. You are a strong adult. Look at you. You're on air. You're telling people. You're empowering people. You're, you're sharing what was given to you. There are too many adults who are broken who do suffer from PTSD. So, man, if we can, if we can 
instill in our children that mindset to know that they are strong and they do have a choice, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Cheryl, I gotta, I gotta pull the pull the show down to okay. the close, and I'm going to say now, I'm going to pull our first show down to a close because I will absolutely put you in for January. We can schedule that, but I want to schedule one for November as well. I want you back. I want to talk about this. I want to, I want to keep going with this conversation. You're, you're doing very important work. So let's, let's get back to brass tacks. How does a parent contact you? My name is Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L. My last name is Lacey, L-A-C-Y. You can get me on my website, which is Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L-L-A-C-Y, 316 at mydamselpro.net. And my phone number, 480, I used to live in Arizona, 480-737-7591. If you forget all of that and you just go to the damselindefense.net website, look up Cheryl Lacey and you'll be able to find me or Colorado and my name will pop up because I would love to give this free information, this free education to as many people as possible, all walks of life, because it's important. Cheryl, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm really lit up about this this work and and i'll say at the beginning uh like like i said off the air when i first heard the name i wasn't sure you know i i heard the name i looked at the website i saw a pink kubaton and a and a pink taser and i said i don't know about this a purple i and i and i said i don't know about this and i do now this is this is some real shit here and i like it i like what you're doing i like what you're offering to people and uh You've got the heart for this, and that's why I want to have you back. And thank you, thank um, you. Maya. Have you decided three or four times that you're going to work for them, or what? <laughs> I'm I'm really inspired by this website. I love that you guys have done something different, and I'm probably going to order one of your purses because they're really cute, and I can carry all the items in it. <laughs> well, <laughs> in the enrollment kit this month is a free purse, so yeah. <laughs> I'm honored to have you on my team. Oh, what we could do in this state. <laughs> But um, also, I just wanted to tell you, this is something that has come out of need. We have been asked over and over and over again to um, manufacture a bulletproof shield. Mm -hmm. And we just came out with it. It fits right into a backpack. Wow. So I know that's a scary thing to think about. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> Cheryl, I, in, in my martial arts class the other day here at the facility, I was showing the kids um, how many math books it takes to block a bullet. Um, mm -hmm. And it's it's one. They had they had a, a video of a gentleman who fired the same powered rifle from the last school shooting through two textbooks, and it didn't make it into the second one. And so you say you you, you put one in front of your chest, and you put your arms under your belly, and that's that's how you run with it. You keep your head down. You tell others to do the same, and someone grabbed the fire extinguisher. Yeah. I used to run a company called um, Situational Self Defense, and it's where we taught hospitals, um, schools, and uh, courtrooms, how to uh, deal with, you know, a sudden violent situations. So this is a very real conversation and you guys need to be in every single school. This is, it's time. It's time that we have this really, really tough, hard conversation. And, you know, this boys perpetrate and girls tolerate Folks, it's 2018. What the hell? Like, like this, this can't be. It, and it doesn't matter who else is doing it and who else is getting away with it. And we can point fingers anywhere we want, but until we point a finger into the mirror, nothing's going to change. Amen so, to yeah. So, Cheryl, thank you so much for this. Stay on the line as I sign up us off because I want to talk to you a little bit more. Maya, stay on as well. Yeah. Um, but thank you for this information. This is good you stuff. So welcome. You are so welcome, folks. Uh, you know the mantra, and I say you know the mantra at the end of every show. Uh, parents, you take care of yourselves first. And you take care of your adult relationship second, and you take care of your children third. Because in that way, we do two very important things. Number one, we're in a really good space to take really good care of our children. And number two, we model for our children how to take care of yourself. 
So I want to thank uh, Dan, my editor, and I want to thank the boss goddess over there at Mental Health News Radio, Kristen Walker, and everybody on Mental Health News Radio who've got these amazing shows. I'm really honored to be a part of, of the team. Uh, so folks, we'll see you again in a week. We're going to continue this series. And I'm going to end with something that Cheryl said that I never, ever want us to forget this sentence. I never want us to forget this sentence. This show today has been about the girl with the tear-stained face. That's what this show's about. That's what this work has to be about because there's too many girls with tears staining their face. Men, you got some work to do, so get out there and do it. And uh, moms and daughters, this one's still on you for a little bit. So put whatever you need to in your purse. Put whatever you need to in your nightstand so that you feel safe. We'll talk again. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate you being here on Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Join us each week for your connection to experts in adolescent health and wellness, recovery, and responsibility, and also to listen to teens talk about their lives in crisis. For more information on our program for struggling teens or me, please go to firemountainprograms.com, join us on Facebook at Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center, or at Beyond Risk and Back. Visit our YouTube channel at Fire Mountain RTC for even more support with our parent training videos. Special thanks to Mental Health News Radio for their continued love and support of our program. Please go to mentalhealthnewsradio.com to see all of their podcasts. Feel free to email me at Aaron at firemountainprograms.com.